blow-up occurs not at the core, but at the fringes. Totally different discussion. And I hear almost no one bringing it up. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. At some point this week, I'm told we're going to be hearing from Ron Hextall. And when we do, we're going to have our first firm or semi-firm indications as to what the Penguins are going to do in response to this latest first-round playoff exit. I'm told that it's not going to be anything coach-based, core-based, or anything like that. In fact, I'm told that it'll be quite to the contrary. That group is very much staying intact. But if you think about the Penguins as they're currently constructed and as they'd be constructed heading into next season, and if your point of emphasis becomes size and toughness and grit and getting to the net and making more of all those chances that they created in the series with the Islanders, then why are we talking about the core at all? You know, is it just our fear of windows? Is that a Pittsburgh thing, by the way? The fear of the window? You know, we only have X amount of time in which to win a championship, and after that it's all gone, and then you have to blow it all up and do everything from scratch and go back to 2004 and Rico Fata and, you know, it's just really not like that. Remember that after 2009, the Penguins were never supposed to have another chance because the core was getting too old. Of course, they ended up winning not one more cup, but two more cups. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're even older now. But you also have the possibility of making these changes to whatever extent they're deemed necessary around them. And you have a chance to do it in a bold way. I mean, I'll get bold on you right here. And this is without advocating for this. I'm nowhere near coming up with stances strong enough to advocate, for example, trading Brian Rust and or Jake Gensel. In fact, to be honest, it feels a little bit stupid saying that because they are both terrific hockey players. Are they stars in the NHL? No. I mean, Jake's certainly closer than Rust, but neither of them is really in that stratosphere. Are they really, really good players who fit really, really well with the player who remains your franchise's centerpiece, yes, they are undoubtedly that. Did they get bowled over and knocked over and beaten up and pummeled and shoved to the outside all through the series with New York? Yes, absolutely. 
Is that a problem moving forward? I believe that it is. I believe that it is. I believe that in an ideal scenario, the Penguins would just grow rust, you know, or grow Jake, like water them or something. I don't know. That not being all that feasible, yeah, you'd find a way to get Sid playing with, you know, a little more oomph up there. Because regardless of how you feel about what those three achieved in that round, and there were a lot of shots on goal, there was a lot of possession, there were a lot of positives, something Sid talked about himself. Not only were there not goals, but there really wasn't any great collection of high-danger chances, which to me is a bigger concern. If you're getting high-danger chances and you're not scoring, it means you're either not bearing down or the other goaltender's just out of his mind. I didn't believe in Ilya Sorokin before that series, not through that series, and you know what? The Islanders don't even believe in him now. So this was never about Sorokin. That was something that was manufactured on the New York end, and way too many people fell for it. This was always about not generating enough high-danger scoring chances, being in places where the goals come from, being in situations where the goals come from, like rebounds, like second chances, like deflections. That line wasn't generating those. They were kind of, you know, mehing the puck, for lack of a better way to put it, from the perimeter. They'd get it there. They'd wrist it there. A couple of them actually got in off of Rust's stick from long range. Jake kind of shuffled one in from the top of the left circle. But you never saw this concentration of an attack from that line. Why? Because the Islanders had all these mobile but big dudes who just boxed them out and beat them up. I know the analytics crowd hates hearing this stuff, and I can just feel the, the, the wrath of these people anytime I even think stuff like this. But the fact of the matter is, is that size has been a component of hockey since the beginning of hockey, and it does not have to supplant speed and skill, and it does not have to come at the expense of possession. You can just find players who are fast and talented and also come with some size. Like, let's say, for example, Jeff Carter. I don't know that there's any problem that the Penguins have on any individual forward line that Jeff Carter can't solve. Now, cloning Carter is a different matter. As I mentioned yesterday, making sure that he comes back for that final year of his contract rather than retiring is another matter. But players like him do exist. And there are teams out there that value 
or have needs of their own that would be better met by someone like Rust or Jake. Just saying. Not pushing for it. Nowhere near that point yet. Going to be a long summer. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins comes your way courtesy of Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. There's no catch. There's no contracts. Cancel anytime. And best of all, for listening to this esteemed program, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. For real. Go to FuboTV.com slash DK. Seven-day free trial, 15% off your first month. FuboTV.com slash DK. I do think that the Penguins' preponderance of small-ish wingers needs to be something that's addressed. And when I say that, in part because of picturing the analytics people and their reaction, I feel it's necessary to add that these don't need to be tough guys or someone who can take on Tom Wilson or something else that's pointless like that. I mean, look, it'd be nice, it'd be fun, it'd make you feel good, but it's not something that you need to win a Stanley Cup. What you need to win the Stanley Cup that this team has not had, by the way, through any of these past three playoffs, is scoring. Look, we can say everything that we want bad about Tristan Jari and what he just did, and all of it will be accurate. And at the same time, it'll also be accurate that the Penguins didn't score nearly enough goals two years ago against the Islanders, last year against Montreal, this year against the Islanders. They just didn't. Their stars didn't score enough. Their supplementary people didn't score enough. Only Jeff Carter scored enough. Ha, 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 about that, right? Am I right? Who else stepped up in these last three playoffs? It's just Jeff Carter. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe all of this 200-foot possession game that the Penguins create, and again, for full context... A lot of that is created by players like Rust and Jake. Maybe all of that needs another player or two in the Carter mold who's just big, strong, can move, skilled enough, and oh, by the way, shoots the hockey puck on occasion. How about that? These are the kinds of concepts, if you're starting with real macro concepts, that I'd already have rolling through my head if I'm Hextall. These are the kinds of things that I'd be thinking about. I'd step back from it as much as I possibly could, step back from the emotion, step back from the passion, step back from all those poignant statements that were made by Sid and Latang and the other guys about keeping this together, keeping that together. Just step back from it and ask yourself in an ice-cold way, why this team didn't score goals. Don't even think about Jari. Don't even just, that's obvious, okay? That doesn't take like rocket science level hockey knowledge. Your goaltender stunk. Everyone can see that. 
But this, this is going to take some work. This is going to take some intensive work. When we come back, just one question. it's time for just one question and today's comes from cole haran who asks plain and simple hi dan where do we go from here if you're ron hextall my first process cole would be to examine the goaltending if you're talking about chronology which it sounds like you are you've got to take a really hard hard look at where you are with goaltending, and you'll notice I say goaltending as the gerund, as the position, even more so than the individual, because I have a lot of questions about the goaltending, including, and not limited to, the instruction of Mike Buckley, but also the depth. Let's not just talk about Jari. Let's also talk about Casey DeSmith. Let's talk about what he really is in the NHL. We've seen him rise up as a backup. We've seen him hold the fort down for a little while in the net, and then maybe things go somewhat south. And then from there, I'm looking around the league at every UFA, but also I'm thinking big. Because if you're talking about a Stanley Cup, you can't Think about, eh, let's just see who we can get. You gotta think big. Doesn't mean you'll get it, but you gotta at least start by thinking big. And if that sounds like I'm talking about John Gibson, it is. I mean, why not? And not just because he's local, but there's connections there. There's connections there that mean something in the hockey sense, too. Plus, he's such a, just a tremendous talent. And to put him into games that'll mean something, unlike what he tends to deal with in Anaheim, who knows what you could get out of him. But then I, I know what that would cost, you know. Nor do I know that he'd be available. Nor do I know that the Penguins would be able to accommodate the cap room. He's got a really big contract. Lots of questions. But think big. Think big. Where does Hextall go from here? Again, chronologically, I'd start with the goaltending. From there, I'm paying attention to the playoffs. You know, I'm, I'm watching the games. I'm watching a lot of teams with highly skilled players sitting out after the first round, and I'm asking myself why that is. I don't have the answers. Cole, I'm betting you don't either. Maybe Hextall doesn't. Is it as simple as saying, well... They all got roughed out of the first round. Well, no, they actually didn't. Montreal didn't rough Toronto out. Winnipeg didn't rough Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl out. They're just out. They got beat. But why? How? What happened? What was the priority? Was it all about the goaltending? Was it all about Connor Hellebuck for the Jets and Carey Price for the Canadians and, and other goalies that have made it through? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm watching the playoffs. That's a big, 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 big part 
of a hockey executive's job, making sure that you're just seeing as much hockey as you possibly can, seeing players that you like on other teams, even if they're unrealistic. Seeing players that you go, hmm, you know, I hadn't thought of this before, but if I had that guy on my roster, I could do this or that. Whatever the thought process was, for example, that led to acquiring, here's that name again, Jeff Carter. Because that worked. Everything about it worked. And I have to believe that there was all kinds of advanced approaches to how they studied not just Carter and his, you know, the the physical stuff. Can he still skate? Can he do this? Is he still hungry? But he'd been playing wing in L.A. How do you translate that to center? Could he move back to center? Somebody nailed that. Somebody in the Penguins organization nailed that and ultimately... Hextall nailed it because he's the one that has to pull the trigger. Those are the things that I'd be talking about now, way before we get into uh, expansion draft, amateur draft, free agency, any of that stuff that makes for the bigger headlines. I assume you're asking about right now, Cole, and that's the answer that I've got for you. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone's time in listening to this show and I neglected to mention at the beginning of this segment, and that should never happen, that it's brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank who are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org and spell that out when you do. pittsburghfoodbank.org. We'll have another one of these tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.